This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. This week on Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. A revenge eBay sale. A German food quiz. That's not quite 911 worthy, honey. The first Cubs number retired. And Rick's brush with David Lee Roth. All that plus unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. That's Rick Kemper and Dave Stern. We are the men of Minutia. The Minutia Men. And men we of can't, Minutia, that sounds, that sounds like a TV show in the 70s, doesn't it? Or, or like a, uh, a Broadway musical. The I, Men of Minutia. <sighs> You know, we should get we should get the Rick and Dave dancers back together. Uh, that's podcast number sixty one. <laughs> I've, I've already got them all locked up, my friend. Okay, we'll have a big reunion show. Uh, so, welcome to the uh, program, uh, Rick Kemper and Dave Stern. Uh, discuss, as Robert Feeder says, our vast treasures of worthless information. And so, let's just launch into it. Because, by the way, I've got to hurry up here because I've got to take my son Johnny to the to the bus for college. Uh, in a few minutes here, so make it Wait snappy. We do this podcast once a week. Yeah, I couldn't you couldn't have scheduled it that you didn't have anything to do. <laughs> a busy, busy man. Uh, well, Rick, I love eBay. Yeah, don't you? Yes. I mean, um, our just one bad century shirts are available on eBay. They are. So, are you saying that as a question or as a statement? No, no, as a statement. I know the uh, the building character since 1909 shirt is popular. The right. uh, future's so bright, uh, gotta wear shades. Right. Um, and the, my great 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 grandfather uh, went to the 1908 World Series, and all I got was his lousy t shirt. T shirts are on there. They're all there. Um, but this is on eBay. A woman uh, by the name of Samantha Rag, I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay. It's spelled W R A G G 28. Well, it appears that Samantha Rag um, got married. Um, things didn't work out because it looked, as she says, her cheating scumbag of a husband, uh, kind of broke their fidelity vow and she decided to place her wedding dress on sale on eBay to pay for the, for the costs that were incurred during the divorce. Okay. Sounds reasonable. It's absolutely fantastic. And, uh, she writes in the description, um, I'm selling this designer art deco wedding dress in ivory. Mainly selling as I need to pay for my divorce from my ex-husband that has left me to foot, foot the bill. Um, in addition to uh, mentioning the skank that my husband ran off with, <laughs> she warned potential skank is buyers. A, skank is a great word. I love I love that. And yeah, skank exactly. is a word that guys never use, but girls use all the time about girls that they don't like. They're skank. Yeah. yeah. And qu- quite frankly, I have no problem with skanks. No, skanks, that's a great word. It, it, it just... I just rolls off the tongue. Um, and she warned potential buyers to dry clean the dress before wearing to get the to get rid of the stench of betrayal. <laughs> okay. So when she put the uh, dress on at first, uh, the original cost of the dress, the retail cost was about twenty six hundred and fifteen dollars or two thousand British pounds because they have a different you know. Sure. Currency, there. yeah, um, and they also drive on the other side of the street too. I don't know right, if you noticed. Right, they also speak a different form of English, um, and they also don't have any dentists in the entire country. I <laughs> That's think. That's true, and don't eat the blood sausage. Um, or the actually blood. What is blood sausage? Is that intestines? 
No, it's actually it's actually sausage that predominantly uses blood. Um, is yeah. that something that's a UK? It's a, it's a it's it's a it's actually called blood pudding, I think it is, but it's sausages. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, English food not good. What was I talking about? Oh, uh, two thousand. It was two thousand pounds to um, to start with, basically the retail cost. And then she, after she put this clever listing talking about her cheating scumbag of a husband and you know, uh, washing out the betrayal. Guess how much she eventually sold this. Twenty six hundred dollar dress for twenty six thousand eighty six thousand one hundred and eighty bucks. Not bad. Not bad at all. In fact, many marriages are not even worth the eighty four thousand dollar markup that she had on this. Now, do you think she gave any of that money to her father, who probably shelled out yeah. about that much money for the for the wedding? The wedding? I don't know. Uh, I know that if I was the father. Yeah, and you will I'd be. be getting, I would be getting some of that cash. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now, what I did is I researched. Now, obviously, this is an odd thing to be putting on eBay. Uh, I went and I researched other odd things that have been put on eBay and actually sold. You want to hear some of these? I would. Um, well, I th- I'm sure you probably heard of this one, a grilled cheese sandwich that uh, had like a little portrait of the Virgin Mary on it. Oh, yeah. She shows up on all sorts of sandwiches. <laughs> right. right. Uh, t- it was 28 grand uh, by a, um, a casino, I think. Uh, what better place for a Virgin Mary to right. reside, right, is in a casino. <laughs> there are a lot of people that have to pray when they're <laughs> yeah. in casinos. Um, and I hear the word Jesus Christ a lot, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. That's her, uh, that's her boy. Clippings of Justin Bieber's hair, $40,668 in 2011. Wow. That's a believer. Uh, exactly. Ooh, very good. Well, you are. You're with the kids. You you know pop culture, my I, friend. I am. I'm like, I'm one of them, basically. Now, this one is creepy. This went for almost a million dollars in 2011. Did you, you your your uh, your your headphones just crapped out? Uh, so oh, no, you're back. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. A latex Casey Anthony mask went for a million dollars in 2011. Whoa! Think about that. Now that's creepy. First of all, who the hell is going to make a mask of Casey Anthony? Probably Casey uh, but- Anthony. Yeah, well, then she, she got a, a million bucks. Somebody bought, the, and where? When do you? When do you wear it? Wow, that is that is like the grossest thing. But somebody wow. bought it for a million bucks. Nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred bucks in two thousand and eleven. That's somebody that has too much money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe Donald Trump bought it. <laughs> Yeah, you uh, think he has too much money? I think he doesn't have any money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. He must. He might be the best. This guy might be the greatest shtickmeister ever. I got. I got some trivia or uh, minutia. We don't well, here I've got. Don't, I've oh, got yeah, one more. more. Okay. A suit of armor for a guinea pig. Guess how much that was. <laughs> you have a guinea pig. I do, and I cannot imagine one instance where Ginger needs a suit of armor. But if I did, I could go to eBay in 2013 for 1150 bucks. You could have gotten a suit of armor for a guinea pig. Well, and, and you know, that's just a good investment. 
Uh, Imagine uh, what it's worth now in today's dollars. Uh, William Shatner's kidney stone went for twenty five grand too in two thousand and six. See, that's a one. That's a once a once in a lifetime sort of thing, though. That's worth it. That's first of all, it's Captain Kirk. Yeah. Right. Second of all, how many kidney stones has Captain Kirk had? You think in his lifetime? I think most people have one. I had one when I was twenty six, and I haven't yeah. knock on wood, haven't had one since. Okay, so you're talking about something that you, cannot be replicated. Uh, exclusivity. We yeah. Call it the biz. Yeah, that's worth every penny. Okay, I have uh, I have something for you, Dave. Have you ever been to the website? Oh my God, my wife is German. <laughs> uh, no, but I think I will be bookmarking it shortly because that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of my favorite uh, sites to go check out because this is an American guy who makes fun of Germans, and he does a very good job of it. And there's a uh, there's an article that uh, came out recently about the 10 grossest foods in Germany that he's ever seen. And these are, these, these are gross, <laughs> but I've had all three of them. Oh uh, you, you ready for, I've had all three that I'm going to tell you about. I've, I've created a quiz and you have to tell me what this is. You ready? Okay, sure. This first one is called Zungenwurst. Zungenwurst? Zungenwurst. Is it okay. A, a white veal sausage, B, your standard ballpark hot dog-like sausage, or C, blood tongue sausage? Well, we just talked about blood blood sausage, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That's kind of well, a tip-off, the, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I'm going. Right. Obviously, yeah. I had it in my head. <laughs> yeah, I'm going blood sausage. You are correct. The blood tongue sausage is made from pig's blood, tongue, fat, and sometimes oatmeal or breadcrumbs. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Because I'm with my gluten sensitivity. Oh, that's a shame. The breadcrumbs. That's a shame. You can't oh. eat it. Let me uh, read the description of the guy who writes this blog, what he, what, how he described it. The first time I tried Sungenvorst, I hacked it back up into my napkin and told my wife I could taste the screams. <laughs> the blood was so potent, it was like sucking on a mouthful of pennies. Mm. Wow! So you've has your mother made this for you? I mean, is this was this no, something no, in the I've, got, I've gotten it at uh, you know when we lived in Germany, you, you get like an assortment of of uh, Vorst platters, and it was one of the Vorst on there, and it was awful. I, I've never eaten it since, but I okay. had it once. So I'm Vorst. <laughs> Second one is called Speck. Speck, like, like Richard Speck. Yeah, except with a sh instead of a sp. Okay. Uh, so it's spelled the same way, though. Is it A, an egg noodle often served with schnitzel? Is it B, yeah. a tiny burst of flavor, almost imperceptible on your plate? Or is it C, pig fat? Well, the noodle's a spetzel. Very good. You were throwing me a curve Very there, weren't good. you? Very um, What was the other one? It was the like, tiny uh, burst of flavor. That's that's like an ad. That's not, that. What, yeah. what is that? Okay, it's the pig it's, fat. Yeah. Pig so fat. this is something that my dad used to tell me that he used that it was his favorite food when he was a kid. You know, we, I've talked to you about this before. You'd have this large sandwiches. This is basically what it was. It was just pig fat on a sandwich, and he used to sing this song when I was a little kid. And and Tony, let me just Tony Lasano is our uh, executive producer, and he says that we can't use music. In the in the show, 
mm-hmm. because it's all copywritten. This is a German folk song. It is hundreds of years old, so it we are perfectly clear to use this. You ready? Are you sure? Because I don't want... I'm um, sure. Uh, my people don't do very well with Germans knocking on their doors, okay? <laughs> it's a very touching song. It goes okay. like this. Hinaus in die Ferne mit Butterbrot und Speck, das ess ich so gerne, das nimmt mir keiner weg. Und wer das tut, den schlage ich auf den Schnut, dann schlage ich auf die Nase, bis das se blut. Wow, Rick. Yes. I never knew you had that such a great voice. Oh, I, I really, a German folk songs. That's my, uh, that's my, um, uh, <laughs> but anyway, here's what that song means. Out in the meadows with a butter, bread, and speck, you know, pig fat. Yeah. I love, I love to eat that so much. No one can take it away from me. And whoever does, I'll punch him in the mouth. <laughs> I'll punch him in the nose until they bleed. <laughs> you people really do have anger issues. Yes, we do. Uh, very nice. Loved the song. Okay. Uh, when was the last time you had some speck? I, I don't eat it at all. All right. This next one is called Schinken Metwurst. Schinken Metwurst. This is the last one I've got for you. Is it A, sausage in the shape of a patty? Is it B, ground up baby pigs? Or is it C, encased, spreadable, cured, raw meat? It's one of those three. Uh, did you say baby pigs? Ground up baby pigs, yeah. That sounds German. I'm going baby pigs. Uh, that's a good guess, but it's incorrect in this case. Although they might have used baby pigs, but they, they are. it's in, encased, spreadable, cured, raw meat, which I did not know, and I've been eating Metvorst my whole life. In fact, it is one of my three favorite sausages. And I had no idea that it was raw meat until I read this. So I'm, I'll be talking to my mother about this one. Well, so you can you can have a dose of trichinosis right now that you that that could choke a pig. I had no idea. I really had no idea that that was uh, raw meat. And it is delicious. It, where, where do you get it? Do you go to? Is there like a German deli that you get it? Or? Delicatessen, they have it. It's even called Die Gute Metwurst. Die Gute Metwurst, that's a brand name, but it also means the good Metwurst. I, I recommend it. It's delicious. I know it's it's going to uh, kill you. It it's not good for you for sure. But that is this week's uh, German food quiz. Okay, well, thank you. That's sure. awesome. It makes me hungry. You do you have any uh, minutia for us, David? Um, you've been on vacations with your teenager, haven't you? Just recently. Yeah. Um, they're pretty. They're, it's it's wonderful going on vacation with your teenager, isn't it? They're very. They engage with you. They're really interesting. Or Lots interested of in everything. Smiles, right? just happiness. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, evidently, and we're gonna we're gonna call this girl Missy because they do not name her name in the because um, she's a minor. Yes, yeah, she is a minor. She's fifteen. Well, evidently, Missy wasn't really having a great time on her family vacation. So, what do you think she does? Do you do you like sulk and watch YouTube or what? What do you ran what, away? What do you she, did she run away? Uh, run away is a good guess. No, she called nine one one. Of course. Yeah. So Missy calls 911 after the parents forced her to vacation with them. Uh, this is a Mississauga teenager, and I think that's Canada. That's like Toronto suburb, isn't it? Yeah. Um, they had a nice rental college or cottage. They're 
they, you know, their parents probably saved all year for this. Can you see whose side I'm going to be on here? They probably. <laughs> You There's know, only one side this. in a teenage versus parent uh, <laughs> right. fight. There's only one side. Right. At our age, definitely. Yeah. And so they rent this cottage. She didn't have a good time. Maybe she couldn't get Wi-Fi or maybe her boyfriend texted her or something. So she freaking calls 911. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't understand the- why people think the millennials are entitled. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, you know what I would like to talk to Missy and say to Missy? Yeah. Do you think all the times we've taken you to Disney World has been a ball of a ball of laughs? Yeah, you know what exactly. I'm saying? Yeah. You know. It's not a small world after all. <laughs> exactly. You know, and the water parks, how many times did we ever go on that goddamn slide? That yeah. water slide. Pirates of the Caribbean bored yeah. the crap out of me. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Nineteen bucks for a pretzel? Stick it. Right. Okay. I had a nine dollar Pepsi. Not yeah. for you. Right. And you're calling nine one one, Missy? So uh, that is um, so that's what happened. Uh, they did not arrest the parents. Okay, good because it's not uh, their fault. They're the they're the good guys in the story. Uh, and the Ontario Provincial Police confirmed that there really was no threat, and they forced Missy to continue on her vacation. Good, yeah, good, and uh, quit your belly aching, honey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. So that's that's. Uh, that's have, have your kids ever gone through like I mean I, I remember one time uh the worst I can think of off the top of my head is when uh my oldest son had a complete meltdown cuz he wouldn't go to uh Joe's Joe's Crab Shack for dinner. <coughs> I just complete meltdown like I'm not going there. <laughs> I am never eating there. It's a terrible place to go. Uh Lila, my oldest, um she's been to Disney World 5 times. Uh and one of the times, I don't know if it was the second time, third time, she was young, so much she was like so it's probably a second time or third time that she was there. Um really was really pissy during uh Disney World and was really, you know, she she, she didn't want to do anything. This I hate this place, blah, 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 which I could understand because I hate the place. I hate it too. Uh but she was really, really um just aggravating and and just just awful and then as she was doing this a group of kids like from the make a wish foundation walked by oh that's beautiful yeah and i just remember thinking my god you have absolutely everything these kids are this is like the 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 most joyous day they can think of and you're bitching about it you know i will say in fairness um i was once a teenager myself and we lived in Europe uh, at that time. And and if you look back at our whole family pictures, and we would go to places like for the weekend, we'd go to Paris or Rome or, you know, things like that. You'd see pictures of our family, uh, family pictures, everyone smiling, and then me, teenager, like grumpy, like, <laughs> duh. Yeah. Oh, the Eiffel Tower. Versailles. <laughs> yeah, <right>? exactly. <laughs> so, you know. I guess I probably shouldn't be too judgmental. Yeah, but would you have ever called? Never, ever, ever. The authorities? Never. Uh, yeah, it's um, so Missy. I hope Missy got a nice intestinal virus during their little vacation. 
Okay, tick-tock. we got to keep moving here. i got a bus to take the cuts. Okay, go. All right, we're going to uh, our next segment, which is called Just One Bad Century. Time now for a collection of cub geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. So uh, we're going to take you back in time, Dave, this week in Just One Bad Century to 1982. The Cubs retired a number of one of their all-time great players. It was the first number they ever retired. Can you guess who it was? What year was it? 1982. All right. Well, then obviously players since 1980 or after 1982 couldn't be on there. Uh, and numbers were something that didn't happen until like the 50, 40s, right? 30s. 30s. 1932 okay. numbers showed up. So there's, it's not uh, Tinker, Evers, or Chance. Um, or Hippo Vaughn. It's not Hippo Vaughn. It's not Grover Cleveland Alexander. Um. Not Sparky Adams, their second baseman from the twenties. Well, it can't be Ron Sano because didn't they do that? No, didn't they Sano do that? Sano is well? retired now, but uh, he was the fifth Late. or sixth. Yeah. Um, Fergie Jenkins. Fergie Jenkins is incorrect. The uh, he was still pitching in the major league. Oh, that's right. Uh, number fourteen. Yeah. Oh, Ernie. Ernie Banks. That's right. I should have guessed that. So here's here's the minutia portion of that. Other than the fact that he was the first retired number. Who was the last person to wear number 14 before Ernie? Um, I have a life. <laughs> you do not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have worthless information in my head, but not that worthless. I have no idea who the... F- well, Dave, I think most of our listeners are way ahead, way ahead of me here. It was obviously Paul Schrampka. <laughs> okay, sure. Who appeared in two big league games in April of 1953. On opening day, he came in as a pinch runner, replacing Clyde McCullough. He did not score. And then two days later, he came in to replace outfielder Gene Hermansky in left field. Ball was never hit to him. Um, and then he was sent back to the minors. And then in September, Ernie was called up, got number 14, and no one else has ever worn it since. I, I just got a great marketing idea for our Just One Bad Century. What's that? A T-shirt with the number 14. Yeah. And then on the back, and then the name instead of Banks, it's Shrumka. Yeah. Who's going to buy that exactly? Me. Okay. Yeah. And other White Sox fans to okay. oh, I belittle see. the Cubs. I see where you're going. Uh, by the way, uh, after he retired, Shrumka, he moved to Milwaukee and worked in sausage, a, probably, a slightly right? different field. Guess what his field was after baseball. Slightly different. Uh, he was a proctologist. Mortician. He was a mortician. Oh. So congratulations to Ernie and Paul Schrampka. And it's now time for Celebrity Potpourri. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Okay, Celebrity Potpourri works this way. Uh, I was a, a radio producer for many years and met many celebrities, and Dave likes hearing those stories. So we've written down the names of every celebrity that I could remember, put them into a bowl, and Dave reaches in and picks out a name every week, and I have to tell that story. Some uh, stories are better than others. This guy, I, I've never met him, but from what I know of him, he seems like a real jerk pants. Uh David Lee Roth. Yeah, chapless jerk pants. <laughs> is he? He's a, is he a jag? Uh, in my opinion, yes, he is a jag. 
Uh, and I will tell you a story, and you can come to your own conclusion on this, okay? I've met him in person a couple of times with the story I want to tell you about. Uh, I did not actually meet him in person. This goes back to uh, whenever Howard Stern left Terrestrial Radio. Do you remember what year that was? 2006, oh, 2007, somewhere around there? Yeah, poor somewhere? guy hasn't done very well either. I, yes, I, I had already... Um, written the radio producer's handbook with uh, John Swanson. And so I was in demand as a radio producer because I, and I actually said this in an interview one time when they asked me about producing, I said, I literally wrote the book on the subject. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That, 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 that is, is true and arrogant at the same time. Nice. It's the only reason I wrote that book. So I could say that <laughs> it was the only reason I wrote it. Uh, but anyway, I was called to uh, New York to uh, interview for this top secret job. And that was going to be the replacement of Howard Stern. And Howard had been on CBS radio for many years and was syndicated in many different markets. So they needed somebody to take his place and it had to be somebody huge, but they didn't want the word to get out who it was. Well, I asked around before my interview. So I wasn't blindsided and I found out that it was probably going to be David Lee Roth. And he had done some radio, and he's actually pretty good on the radio. Um, but uh, I want—I wanted to find out more about the guy, other than what I had met. I'd met him a couple of times, and I knew that I—that we didn't really get along that well. So I went to the library. Remember libraries? Oh yeah, sure. We and still I, go to them. Yes, exactly. Actually, my kids still go all the time. Yeah, so and, do mine. And rented or got the book out uh, about his autobiography. And I read his autobiography. And in that airplane ride, somewhere over, I want to say, Ohio, I decided that there was no way in hell <laughs> that I was ever going to work with this guy. So never. this is a biography. Or this is an autobiography. So he actually wrote the book. Well, I'm sure he had a ghostwriter, but right. it was written in first person. And it was, you know, appalling. <laughs> <laughs> it was appalling. I knew that I could never work with the guy. There was just no way I could work with the guy. Um, but I went anyway because you know, I wanted to scout out some locations for a book I was writing on something else. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I was in the hotel room. I got a call the night before the, the interview. And the call said, uh, when you come into the interview tomorrow, you may not wear any cologne because our mystery host has got a very sensitive nose. And that's a shame because you wear always the best cologne. Oh, I have the best smelling guy on radio. Have you ever worn cologne? Uh, I think I wore it like 20 years ago. Bridget <laughs> bought me some and I wore it a couple of times and it's just too much yeah. work. I, yeah, right. Yeah, who cares? I mean, <laughs> exactly. Well, who are we going to impress? Exactly. So anyway, <laughs> I went into the interview and uh, at the interview, hey, Johnny, Johnny. You can sit down for a second. I'll give you a ride. He's Now he's missing his bus. I hope you're happy. <laughs> and that's why Johnny never finished college. <laughs> it went into the paper business. Thank you, Uncle Dave. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the next day I went into the interview. And sitting in the room was the president of CBS Broadcasting. I can't remember what the guy's name was. And this bald guy. No offense. Hey. And I didn't know who the bald guy was. And I, you know, I introduced myself and, and I said, well, where is the mystery host? 
And they said, well, he's not here because no one talks directly to him. And David Lee Roth is the host. No one talks directly to him. You have to talk to his manager. And then his manager will transmit anything that you need to say to David Lee Roth, which is ridiculous. I mean, and then I said, I believe I said something to the effect of, so if I'm doing the radio show with him, I need to ask the the manager before I can talk to David. No, no, you're never going to talk to David. Everything goes through the manager. If you need to give directions, you give it to him, and then he will give it to David. So how do you do that in the middle of a radio you show? You don't. It's stupid. <laughs> it was a terrible – I mean, and I and I said, well, see you guys later. Thanks very much. It was the end of the interview. Walked away. It turns out that this guy, the manager, ended up becoming the producer of the show himself. He did it right, himself. No, he, one, no one could produce a show like that. Well, who so he would had do to it? End up doing it? Who would right. do that? And it turns out that this guy had no idea how to produce a radio show. And a few weeks later, was banned from the building. And really? Th- yes, that is a true story. He was banned from the building. And David Lee Roth had the uh, had CBS Broadcasting tear apart Howard Stern's state-of-the-art studio and rebuild a new one for him, which was not up to his uh, standards. And so he made him tear it down again. Oh, my God. And rebuild it again. Yeah. And four well, months later, he was gone. Yeah. that's And CBS deserves all of that. I mean, come on. What it was think? just idiotic. Yeah. It was uh, idiotic. I'm sure the people that did it were, you know, they had all the right intentions and what have you. I'm not, not trying to be, to besmirch them, but uh, David Lee Roth, come on. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. So that's well, why I'm glad you didn't take that job because I would have missed you. Oh, that's awful nice of you. If you like Minutian Men with Rick and Dave, like Dave does, then be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, like. Ready, set, vent with Andy Lurie. He's the uh, Enos Catulli guy, isn't he? He is. He's got two shows, Dave. What? Yeah. He's got, he's twice as important as us. And he gets twice. I bet he gets paid twice as much. Uh, yeah, he may. He may get paid infinity more. <laughs> he, uh, he climbs on his digital soapbox and uses his decades of experience in comedy to dissect the stories behind the stories. You should be sure to uh, check out... Andy's set, uh, Ready, Set, Vent podcast. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, Dave. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. To find out more about Rick and Dave, check out uh, EckhartExpress.com or ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. If you'd like to reach us, you can drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. And also, we are on Twitter. Dave is our Twitter man. Mm-hmm. Got some uh, secrets up your sleeve for our. Uh, I would I would talk about all the great tweets, but you got to get Johnny to the bus. That's a good point. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with Opi Productions, distributed by Ed Silla, the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And next week we'll have another episode of Manusha Man. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you.
This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Lasano and friends. Bruce Dumont of the Museum of Broadcast Communications. Bruce, what's your story about Charles Bronson? I was doing my show from New York, and one of the big stories in New York at that time was uh, the Guardian Angels were part of the story. It was Rudy Giuliani was mayor. There was the crackdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, crime in New York was going down because people were getting outraged. They were taking their neighborhoods back. That was a national movement that was going on. As I'm preparing, I'm sitting literally in Central Park. Uh, I'm preparing for my show that night. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself as I'm sitting on the bench, you know, this is so different than the image of New York and crime and Charles Bronson and Death Wish and all that other stuff. And right. I knew that I was going to sort of talk about that subject that night, that crime in New York was going down. Yeah. And I looked to the right, and there, five feet away from me, on my bench, is Charles Bronson. <laughs> I was specifically thinking of Charles Bronson, Death Wish, right, and right. Charles Bronson... <laughs> sits next to me (laughs) and I then said well am I going to bother he's by himself so I very quickly introduced myself he wasn't very impressed I said but I want to talk about America is now reacting and and some people are calling it a vigilante take back of their neighborhoods do you have any sense of of pride and authorship of this transformation that's happening in urban America because of your films and he said no, I really don't. Uh, things change, and uh, that's. Be- I mean, he didn't really say anything really deep to be thinking of Charles Bronson in that setting, and for him to sit next to me. I think is one of the most bizarre things that ever happened to me. I'm going to ask you: Can you think about Alyssa Milano for right now? Just to see what happens. <laughs> Get more Lasano and friends now on Lasano.com.